Yo, 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 Joes. You're listening to episode 313, The Warthog, AIFV. This is a pre-recorded episode of G.I. Joeberg, where we like to focus on some legendary toys. Previous to this, we've done toys like the Rattler, the Trouble Bubble, the Havoc. All of these toys come from what we like to call the Sunbow Years of G.I. Joe, where the cartoon was still very much a thing, and the toys showcased therein became superstars. A lot of people refer to that as the golden age of a real American hero, because those things got maximum exposure and entered the cultural zeitgeist. However, this week, we're focusing on a legendary toy which fell outside of that period. But if you know G.I. Joe, you know that this is an absolute gem that you need to have in your collection. And if you don't, Come on, what are you doing? <laughs> my name is Steve. I'm joined by my buddies, Paul. Hello, hey, Paul. it's time to talk about the Flugfuck. <laughs> and Rob. <laughs> <laughs> the what now? Hello. <laughs> Flugfuck. That's uh, Warthog and Afrikaans. Whoa, okay. <laughs> nice, bringing the South African flavor. Flugfuck. Rob, Yo, you got me, Warthog AIFV, there are a lot of letters in that. Is that an acronym? That is a lot of letters. I, I, you know, this AIFV has AIFV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's an, it's an uh, uh, armored infantry frog vehicle. Oh, very good. Which has oh, okay. absolutely insane, fabulous vibes. Honey, <laughs> <laughs> this is the shit. What we've aimed to do with these <laughs> toy showcase episodes is talk about toys that we all actually possess or had as children or both. So the delight with this one is that we actually have hands-on experience with the plastic ourselves mm -hmm. personally, because we mm -hmm. each have a copy of the Warthog AIFV. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, but yeah. like we always like to do on these episodes, we do a little brief showcase of this thing's appearances in media. To see if there are any actual sort of cultural touchstones other than the plastic itself. And I um, hope there are. This thing definitely deserves to be seen in all media. Well, here's where it comes up short, boys, because the Warthog, as far as I can tell, was only animated in its commercial. Yeah. That is you've disappointed oh yeah, Hasbro has disappointed me sad. for the last time. Sad, sad face. By For being the last released time, again, <laughs> by being released in 1988, it falls in that Joe the movie and before the DIC mm. animated the series really kicked off, the Gooch, <laughs> the Gooch. <laughs> so as a result, like when Operation Dragonfire led the charge in terms of new GI Joe animation, it was all the 1989 armored vehicles that were featured, like the Raider like the, the Radar Rat, and the Slaughter's Marauders vehicle pool. So Sergeant Slaughter had moved on already from driving the Warthog to then driving the Equalizer. But in its hey. brief 30-second appearance in the, the animated uh, portions of its commercial, it is seen blasting its missile skyward to intercept a stellar stiletto. Yeah, that's it. Gee, of all the vehicles. Of all the vehicles. <laughs> it's Warthog versus Cobra's... I don't know. Space vehicle? Space I love vehicle. these. Like, on the screen right now, we've got this great still um, that's, like, sort of rendered. It's not rendered in a normal animated style. I love these. I love those, like, interstitials. It's anyway, uh, rot on. rotoscoping, isn't it? It's They've filmed yeah. the Warthog toy being played with, and then they've kind of intercut that Jazz with... It up. Yeah. With these, yeah, these artist renderings or, or retracings of the, the film footage. Yeah. Um, we also see hands-on play with the Warthog. The missiles are being manipulated by what I thought were child's hands, but I learned later on that in this industry, you just use adults with very petite hands to do the complex <laughs> play maneuvers. Oh. I've watched a lot of Hot Wheels, Hot City Hot Wheels City? I don't know. It's a TV show oh, where sure. basically it's, it's doing play motion. But uh, because the, the, the actions are very complex and I'm sure the shoot hours are very long, 
you see these very petite hands, oftentimes females, ah. because they're they're small and hairless for the most small part. Small and hairless. <laughs> okay, so that's like that's like a fact, right? Because that's not like how the the cameo models are all actually men and not women. Are cameo being pantyhose? It's it's. I'm I'm willing to, <laughs> to to actually lay money on the fact that yes, most hand models in the sort of the the toy um, market are female. Anyway, okay. that's besides the point. I want to talk about these missiles because we're going to get back to this circle circle back to it. But they are two stage in a sense because in the commercial we see the tips being removed, Ooh. and then the remaining portion of the missile scooching through the water. Oh wow! So it's a missile torpedo? Question mm. mark. It's a torpedo. We're going to discuss it, no doubt, uh, when we get into the blueprints. We can talk a little bit about this thing's media appearances in comic books because it did get a little bit of time to shine. Very little. But in issue 92 of the comic book, entitled Thunderclap, we see the debut of the Warthog. It's driven by Stalker. He's got Repeater and Muskrat with uh, manning the guns with Scoop. And backblast in the troop section. Yeah. They're using the warthog to rescue a joint team of GI Joes and and October Guard members um, who had been captured in Sierra Gordo. Uh, there's My gold. Toys on screen. <laughs> <laughs> and it does get a decent amount of action, cutting a swath through Iron Grenadiers and Vipers as it escapes town. Um, it's pursued by uh, de- demon tanks Whoa. And, and a cobra a condor. condor. Yep, yes. and a condor. Uh, it uses both its missiles. It's got troops firing out the back section. This is and such a great showcase. I mean, if it only had to appear yeah. once, thank goodness it appeared like this. And Ultimately, it's got the cool stalker in it as well. Yeah, yeah. it's got a Tundra Ranger stalker. Backblast lays waste to the Cobra Condor, hanging out the side door of the Warthog, which is never closed. Like, those side doors are left open for this entire mission. I mean, you know, so much for utilizing the armor of this vehicle for protection. These guys are like, it's like a Vietnam-era Huey Chopper. defense is a good offense, you know. The Hasbro marketing guy's like, you've got to keep all them doors open in the comic book. Kids have to know that the doors can open. There's a space back there. You can put toys yeah. in there. Come on. Absolutely. So key to this thing's appeal is the fact that you can put figures inside and they're completely cocooned, enclosed, and so nice. virtually invisible. It's such a great like update if you think about it of the original like um troop transport. You know, like it's it, it's not just transporting the troops. It it's fully equipped. It goes in the water, it goes on land, it's, and it's just so much fun. And it's a lot more compact and, like, I think, like, fun to play with than, um, you know, the original i got to agree with you there, although there are a lot of people out there that love the original tr- troop transport. Like, guys get very excited about that. And oh, no, I know, it's, it's a lot really of fun. I understand why, to be honest. Eh, it's, fu- it's kind of fun. It's, it's pretty straightforward. It's basic. I think maybe it feels more realistic. You know, it's kind of like... It could also be guys that were were actually in similar type of vehicles when they were in the military, you know. You're, so you're referring like to the 1983 APC, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, as with the APC. Rattler, the Warthog has a real-world equivalent, and that is yeah. the AAV-7. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Dude, and <laughs> that's <laughs> what it looks like. There we go. They're very similar in their look. They have Ooh, way more armor, three three man crew, a sort of a gun turret, a driver, a commander, and then a back section. The doors don't flip open from the side, but rather has a ramp that deploys from the back. It is amphibious in that it can operate uh, on coastal areas. Sort of, it's a landing craft effectively, so it can propel itself through the water. Um, and this thing was used heavily in the 
conflict of, uh, of Southeast Asia in Vietnam. It's sort of that era. And I think oh, it's wow. still in use today by the Marines. Wow. If I'm not mistaken. Well, it's, yeah. in, it's in Battlefield. So Seen a lot of upgrades, but um, I remember yeah. being in Republic of Korea, mm. South Korea, and going mm. to a war museum there, and they had one of these AAV-7s painted with the tusks, with the teeth. No, so that's so cool. There are versions that are so specifically the inspiration for the Big Warthog. Joe fans in the military in Korea. <laughs> sure. sure. Or the I'm Joe Jekyll took it from that. You know? Yeah, no, okay, no, wise no, Apple. No, 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 no. It's the other way around, Paul. It's the other way around. Hey, I want to believe it's, I want to believe it's inspired by G.I. Joe. I do. I really do. <laughs> it is. Don't get me wrong. Well, Just, uh, that's a very cool real-world version. I mean, it, it, of course, it also makes a lot more sense for two open at the back. I mean, you know, it's kind of like rushing forward. It's more important to have the entire front and sides protected. But, like, it's way more toyetic to have these cool, like, side doors that kind of, like, push open and, and up, you know. I think mm. I definitely Proportionately, the Warthog was. toy is foreshortened. It's a lot boxier. It's oh, a lot no, shorter yeah. than the AAV-7. Also, it adds a gigantic missile stem to the top. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's address it. Mosquitoes. Are we happy with them being torpedoes? It's weird. I never thought of them like that, actually. I did, to be honest, I didn't even know that these things were meant to be removed. You know, the front section of this thing. What um, the hell, Rob? <laughs> well, I just, I mean, I'd always seen it like this, but also the thing is... My the, the, my biggest experience with um with the warthog, I mean, for most of my life, oops, <laughs> take that. <laughs> um, was uh, was Stevens, and unfortunately, Stevens um sort of missile rack had uh, broken. Like I, I always remember it being broken. So I mean, we hardly ever attached the missiles on, and if you did, you attach maybe one of them. Um, so for the longest time, his one was very missileless. Um. So, like, it's only now that, um, you know, a couple of years ago, Stephen kindly uh, gifted me my fantastic warthog that, um, you know, I'm actually starting to, like, get in touch with the, with the, with the big uh, missiles on these things. Um, yeah, so I actually never knew it did this. I, I don't even think I ever thought to try and take his ones apart, weirdly enough. Yeah, I, I never, the feature of the the dual missile system, I never considered that. To me, it was always like this is a missile, and then you yeah. put that on, and that's like the whole thing. Like if it's off, it's wrong. Um, <laughs> that play feature for some reason was just never. I I, I don't know. As a child, was never. It's like a waste almost. You know, like what, what do you do? Like what happens to this front part? Just like it shoots off, and this thing like bumps into it as it you know, shoots past. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> But I, I do know that we use this, like, I do like the idea of it being a torpedo, like it having a torpedo feature, like that, that makes a lot of sense considering what kind of vehicle cool. it is. And one of its you're best banking on is that it floats. What, you're banking on attacking vessels while you're making an amphibious landing? Come on, that's such mm. a brief Well, while you're still in the water, that's like Whoa. the thing, like, that, that's my thing. I mean, it, like, when you're actually exiting, when you're coming off land into water. Then you can clear it feels it more. It feels like overkill, though, because like you're equipping your thing with two of these things, and they are they are absolutely huge. Like com you know, compared to the body size of the vehicle itself, they are like it's a substantial thing on top of the vehicle. So you would think it would be used more like while they're in operation, you know, on land mm. doing their missions rather than en route. Like we're gonna make sure that we're safe, so we're gonna have these giant missiles on top of our vehicle. Well, yeah, let's like consult <laughs> our resource at 3djoes.com. To Whoa. get some idea of what the less included, one, the what the included paraphernalia had to say, because we have blueprints, we have box backs, we have stuff to draw upon. And so we much have information. Lies, <laughs> lies. We Once again, to... shoutouts to Carson and the team at 3D Joe's. <laughs> I say team; it's probably just one man and maybe a little bit no, of support. It's a few guys. It is a team. Uh, there are like a little guys that come in and help. It's, there's a couple it's of men cool. out there. Doing the, the box the front the lets us design. know that this toy is called the Warthog AIFV Amphibious Infantry Fighting Vehicle. It's That's obviously nice. manned by Sergeant Slaughter driving up front. Yeah. Hardball is about to lob some grenades from the, I suppose, the uh, instrument uh, 
monitoring station. <clears throat> and then at the gunner station, we've got repeater. Mm. Spearhead, hit and run. And Lightfoot are emerging from the side hatch. Well, now I understand why. Like, so I was um, manning my Warthog earlier this evening, and I was like, I'm going through my Joes. And I, now I understand, even though it's very incongruous, why Hardball kind of um, spoke to me so much. I almost mm. put him in here because I was like, oh, he doesn't look like he, you know, he belongs in this thing. Like, it should be like, you know, soldier dudes going into a jungle. But it's, you know, it's the, the brain memory of remembering the packaging. Like, he's, he's front and center on this thing. Uh, just hide that gigantic white jersey inside the warthog <laughs> and you're okay. And he's not going to give him. away anyone's position. <laughs> Moving down to the box back. Whoa. My, uh, uh, uh. Moving down to the box back. Computer it proclaims no. on the back of the packaging, it floats. It floats. Like now, no. that is a lofty claim. Some G.I. Joe vehicles that should float do not float like very well. The, like the moray. Like the moray. <laughs> like moray. the whale. The whale takes on water in its various compartments and like will ultimately... Flag. That doesn't float. <laughs> well, but the moray actually looks like a boat, which is why it's it float. such a betrayal. Let me put it to you, though. I don't think there is any G.I. Joe vehicle... That floats quite as well as the Warthog. Mm. Yes. You can That's toss that thing from that. 10 meters away into a body of water. It will <laughs> and float. It could also be, I mean, the way it's constructed. I mean, basically, I mean, the entire bottom piece is one solid piece of plastic. Um, mm -hmm. And really, it only starts to kind of like have things, that, you know, that are holes and stuff. But that's like above. So it's one big bucket, um, and everything at the bottom is basically just attached to the outside of that bucket. Um, Clever made this toy. Way. Yeah, Clever it's the best people. way to design a toy if you want it to float, is don't have holes in the bottom of the gosh darn vehicle. Yep. There you go. Yep. But guys, what wow. do I see? I see a point that is pointing to the missiles. It says two-stage torpedo missiles. Oh, my goodness. So we ambiguity lingers on. We can't read. Cannot read. However, I think my childhood brain was just like, "Nope, that's not that's not a that's not a pedo." <laughs> Let's flick down to the blueprints because the box back sometimes took a little bit of liberty, whereas the blueprints were a little bit more considered, shall we say? So the box mm -hmm. back copy seems more toyetic. The blueprints try to achieve realistic explanations for all of the equipment. And point number nine is what we're interested in. It's the MGM-59 Lance surface-to-surface -surface dual thrust liquid propellant missile. Now, what uh, I take from all of that... For anybody's <laughs> yeah, they could have done it with a nickname. Um, with all that techno babble, I take from that that these are surface-to-surface, -surface, so they're not mm -hmm. torpedoes. Yeah, they're not surface-to-water. Water. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's how Liquid. I played them. I took the blueprints as gospel. But getting back to what you, you were talking should. about, Rob, that these missiles were not much a, a very big part of our childhood. Well, this was the first toy I ever got that was defective out the box. I don't know mm. if it had been returned. I wasn't savvy enough to check uh, tape. But I do have the box still, and there's no additional tape over the factory tape. So I'm going to assume this was a factory defect. One of my missile skegs or mounting points, whatever you want to call them, the dog bone pins, that's the term that gets thrown around now, was broken off. So either I had one missile on and the other kind of resting on top of the mount, or I just <laughs> decided to lose them completely. Which leads me to being an adult and I removed the missile stem eventually and kind of like the Warthog without it. Long-time listeners of G.I. Joburg will know that my Warthog is stemless. Yeah. I didn't actually know that you got it broken, actually. Mm. I, I assumed that the, you know, some sort of rough play occurred at some point and you were like, I remember you, Wesley. <laughs> Wesley was across the road neighbor. Um, no, I remember it clear as day. It was in the lead up to Christmas of 1993. And mm. I had just 
gotten it as a kind of a, I guess, a, a pre-Christmas, a warm-up to Christmas gift. Um, <laughs> and I had spilled the parts out onto the, the seat of the car as we were driving back from Axis Park in Kenilworth, um, where my G.I. Joe dealer was. And it's not actually such a long drive, but if you're Cape Tonian, it is. Very <laughs> True that. Uh, all of about seven minutes in the car. But it was enough time for me to determine that this toy was broken. And not knowing what my rights as a consumer were at that stage of my life, I, I just lived with it. I lived with it, it. Uh, all my life. Did you guys also have that thing when you were kids? If you got a toy that was broken, like you didn't want to tell your parents because you knew that your parents would get like upset. Go and change the toy over and that you'd have to get something else. And that you wouldn't be able to get the same toy back. Did you guys ever have that? Maybe. I think I, I don't think I, I ever considered it I, a possibility I, I I, to change the toy. I think that I did happen. Never, to me. Yeah. Oh, I had a oh, yeah. I had a really cool toy gun. Um that yeah. had was modular. So you could actually attach different parts to it and stuff. Um and it was yeah. very um you know, had like sounds and stuff. It was the coolest thing ever. But I think there was something wrong with it. Like either it didn't make the sounds. Well, there's something like that. And my mom, it was basically like, now we have to take it back. It doesn't work properly. I'm not wasting my money on something that doesn't work. Um, and yeah, that's how I lost that gun. And, and I don't think I got anything to replace it, actually. I think she just decided that's it, you know. Yeah, we're not buying you Sorry, anything dude. else from now on. <laughs> I think what happened to me is like, kid, um, you know, we Same. all kind of, I know that we all kind of did this. We all kind of nagged our parents for toys and stuff like that. Mm. And, some of us like negotiated <laughs> doing that and, and worked on sales pitches. So for me, it was an absolute failure if I got something that didn't work. Like I couldn't like go to my parents now after this huge sales pitch and be Aww. like, mom or it's dad, you have to take this back to the shop. It, it's not working, you know, because that would make me feel like I've betrayed the sales pitch. So I was always kind of scared. Of, I, anyway, I just thought that'd be an interesting question to ask. Uh, no, that's a great question. Yeah. I'll often sidetrack. Sidetrack much. My favorite show. Guys, I am going to just oh, close great. us out on the blueprints by running through a few other points of interest. Uh, if we mm. want to just have certainty on the missiles itself. Uh, point eight refers to the ring on that front section, which the, the commercial insists you pop off. And it's the, the ring itself is a distance measuring data link or slash mm. flight stabilizing ring. So, losing that mid-flight would indeed destabilize the missile, both physically and in terms of losing equipment that is key to its navigation, how it, it finds the target. So, yeah. I'm going to say that, I'm going to call bullshit and say that this thing was never <laughs> supposed to break apart mid-flight. I think, oh, I mean, I think good. it's basically like the guys doing the art of the packaging or the guys kind of going for the more toyetic um, approach to these things, you know. Like it yeah, was just built yeah. like this because it was easier to um, mold it, you know, in two pieces. But then when the guys on the, you know, doing the photography for the box or you know, doing the the blurbs or something, they see, oh, it comes apart. That should actually be a feature, you know. It's not just the way it was built; it's a feature of the thing. So actually, it's it's, it's a you know, it's a torpedo. No, dude, I think you're 100 sure there. on purpose comes off. You know, All right. no, you're 100 well, let's there, let's close the book on those as. Mm. Surface-to-surface -surface missiles, not torpedoes. There this thing go. is armed with other equipment. It's got a 20-millimeter sort of shipboard gun or cannon, the MK-29. Mm. Um, it's called power-operated. Does that mean that you can operate it without having to hold it? <laughs> or do you I, I think envision... So. Oh, yeah, okay. So this thing can be buttoned up and you can still fire the gun. Yeah, you can still... Because, I mean, there's, yeah. there's so many things on this thing that, that feel, you know, that, I mean, are purposely, you know, you can use them from the inside. I think we always use these things as uh, the things on the side, the gray bits, as like little grenade launchers. And obviously, those you're shooting from the inside. So, it makes sense that, you know, the gun itself can be fired while you're buttoned up, kind of like in transit. Yeah, that, that tracks for uh, me as well. Like, either okay. or. Like, that's how I, I think, think as a child, I never used it unless there was someone with hands on it. Yeah. But yeah, as as I get older, it just the configuration of it is a bit questionable. Like it should be a a more turreted gun instead of being mm. on a on a stand like that. Could also be but powered means that it kind of is, it's it, the the shooting of it is assisted maybe. 
Maybe there's some sort of assistance in the way that when you shoot it, it kind of like shoots stuff. Yeah, faster. it's a button as opposed I to don't like know. a trigger. I don't know. Maybe you alluded to the <laughs> smoke grenade launchers located yeah. on the yeah, side. Right. They are oh, called the Twelve Diversion. These guys got a nickname: Multiple Launch yeah. Smoke Grenades. So yes, yeah, I mean this is. They don't want to call them anti-personnel. <laughs> did you use them as anti-personnel grenade launchers? I Paul? totally did. Because they're not, <laughs> they're not, they can't, yeah. they're not a turret gun. They can't be aimed at, at specific targets. They are literally like just no, throwing. If you, if you fire no, off six of these the things, side. they're going to hit someone. Yeah, enjoy the they're nails in your faces. They're cool and gang. No, I think, wow. I think, yeah, I mean, Steve, I think more often than not, yeah, it was like gas grenades. You know, kind of just fired them off to kind of like help you. I suppose escape. they can also be gas grenades. Yeah. <laughs> this is a feature that, that we makes, saw that, that tracks as well though yeah. yeah look this was a smoke it intended as a smoke grenade dispersal system um i mean it's got a bit of history in gi joe because the mauler mbt probably the most realistic tank that gi joe ever yielded had uh smoke grenade um tubes launch tubes yeah six we on all know that. Yeah, three on each side Mm. So this Thank has you, a, a history in G.I. Joe as like a, a thing. But these were far better. These actually had um, holes in the tubes. So, yeah. I mean, not that we ever did, but you could stuff something in there. You put something in there. And they were a lot less easy to lose because the Mauler MBT ones just kind of <laughs> just rested in there. These ones slide yeah, these in quite better. firmly. It's such I, a well-constructed vehicle. I mean, we've touched on that already with like the fact that it actually floats. But like, I feel in general, it's a very sturdy vehicle. You know, for you guys, um, Steve, for your childhood one, um, have you got any other brakes on it other than the missile stem? When I tried to put a, because a friend of mine offered me a a, a replacement stem, a fixed one. Mm. Yeah. However, not realizing this at the time. We three all have the European variant, and it yeah. is a slightly different plastic. And I'm going to argue ah. a slightly different sizing as well. It's a different pull of the Possible. mold. It happened several years later. So, as I pushed it in, broke some tabs on the, the no. ring. I'm sorry, man. No. That's right. I my experience them. on my childhood one, um, and I'm surprised I can actually remember this stuff, but on my childhood one, the this piece here at the back, it was broken. It was cracked. I don't know how no, we, got toe hitch. Right, we did it. Toe the hitch. Toe hitch. Yeah. Um, the missile stems, we totally broke those tabs by accident. Well, I mean, those mm -hmm. those definitely went to Toy, toy Valhalla. Um, the aerial, this thing broke. It was, wasn't long ah, for this world. Mm. And... One, I did break one of these treads when I was a kid as well. So like, um, because I've got the Ow. black one of these as well, the Night Rhino, um, and uh, it's a really cool vehicle. It's actually how we know Dan Shemansky. <laughs> um, but uh, even on that one, I think there's a, I've got a loose uh, tread on that one. But I also had that same kind of loose tread on my original one as well. Hmm. So, yeah. That was literally all that was broken. Oh, and and I think one of these doors. I think I broke one of the pins inside the doors. But otherwise, gotta say, this toy was brutal, man. It survived a lot of stuff. I mean, even this thing. I thought this thing was gonna break, and it never did. What thing is that? The gun never broke for me. The gun. Sorry, oh. the I thought powered the, the powered gun. Uh, it looks like a power washer. If you guys look at it properly, it does look like something. That I always thought it was the flamethrower. Actually, that's kind of like because of the way that the, the front is kind of like shaped. It's not shaped. Like it's very front. angular. It's it's not very gun-like. Yeah, it looks yeah. like something else. Mm. Flamethrower that, that that tracks. The power blueprints. Washer. I've got to stick with it for oh. a little bit longer, guys, because um, I want to <laughs> pick out the fact that this thing is capable of fifty-five miles per hour, as its maximum, I suppose, on-road speed. Hmm. And it was, wouldn't be an off-road speed, I can't imagine, or sort of beach speed. And it's certainly not the kind of speed it can achieve in the water, which is probably about 10 knots or less. Um, <laughs> but 55 miles per hour is like 80 kilometers per hour. That's fast. That is a quick, quick armored vehicle. It's well, not now I'm not, 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 not But I hear you. 
It definitely, I mean, it was definitely giving the Kerbers a chase in the comic book issue. He well, I mean, how fast is the hiss? Isn't the hiss also, doesn't it also uh, fucking around the same speed? It was racing it was... demons, but I take your point. Look, either way, G.I. Joe was leading that charge and almost getting away with it. Yeah. Needed the Hail Mary from the Thunderclap. But uh, read the issue if you're, uh, if you're so interested. Yeah. And then point Ooh. 14, or sorry, point 11 refers to these battle ports, which for the longest time I didn't realize were these kind of, in the real world, these slots would be for seeing out of. I'm talking about on the sort of the um, the flip-up doors. You've yeah. got a rectangular slot, which would be a viewport, which would probably have some like really heavily armored glass, bulletproof. And then beneath that is this interesting shape, which I realize is a sort of a swing uh, piece of armor that you could push down and, and poke a rifle through for the oh. occupants in the back to actually shoot out making this a real gun bus didn't we like uh, didn't you guys also i'm sure you, you did this as well i also stuck the guns through the window <laughs> i totally don't know that. if my figure foo was strong enough to to position figures because they're no foot pegs i think maybe they're two foot pegs you guys could check out yours your in-hand examples but like yeah, let me check now i don't yeah it is tricky positioning the six uh troop members in the back there yeah, are sort it's of a not system. easy i mean i just i just chucked my dudes for for tonight in in the back <laughs> you just throw them <laughs> in. um let's Here. talk a little bit about that but firstly i just want to mention in passing that um we have a final point dedicated to the amphibious water jet propulsion system now this Whoa. always bugged me as a child because guess what there's nothing molded there to suggest <laughs> yeah. that there's a propulsion system that was pure. Just, to accept. just accept that something should be Ooh, there. It totally exists, guys. <laughs> it's a real thing. <laughs> but let's talk about the joy of the warthog, and that is the fact that it holds comfortably nine figures. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to also add into the mix of that that if you're talking about the back section, you could fit figures holding guns and even wearing their backpacks. At yeah. least in the two side portions. So four of them oh, are way, fully equipped. The guys who are seated towards the back wall, mm, I don't know if I've ever managed to get that right, having them uh, wear backpacks. But the system whereby you fit them in, it's basically a, a seat bar, not a seat belt. Men you slide nice their legs underneath. As well. I mean, like I, I've never worried about this thing. I mean, the way they constructed it, it moves kind of out of the way fairly easily. Um, and the plastic feels soft enough that it's not, it doesn't feel like it will break easily as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a small detail, but it's, it's such a fantastic, um, you know, kind of addition to, to the warthog. Um, you, whoops, you don't actually think about it. It's just like, I must admit, I always pulled the, the back, the, the bar that's for the guy seated towards the back wall. I pulled that out on one side and swung it. To then ah, slide yeah. two figures in, and then the, swung it back in. I, I used to load this up because I love the suspension of disbelief. I love the idea of like my guys, my actual team for the mission, being in this one vehicle, and then mm. being able to communicate with each other and be protected and get to where they need to go. I seldom used the Warthog as intended as a sort of amphibious landing craft. This thing was front line mixing it in because it was the yeah, most was armored tank, thing uh, i had to hand yeah it absolutely was a stand-in for a tank and for a long time i used to just endlessly put guys in take them out put them in take them out eventually just because of the demands of play i'll just be chucking guys in there like piling them up like <laughs> that, 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 that's what i did once tonight. it's closed I... they're out of sight doesn't matter that they look like they're dead bodies in there Oh, I think I thought. I mean, you guys know the story. I mean, uh, David and I. <laughs> Code We're in there. We're in there. This should stay. Oh, okay, oh no, it's me. <laughs> I oh, thought it was should stay. Go, guys, let's go. Oh, um, oh shit, I'm stuck. When I was a kid, uh, David and I used to go to the park close to my house, and there used to be quite a few more trees there than there are now. Um, Steve, oh, um, great. you having been there, you know. And we we actually dig a, a dug dig a hole. We actually dig a hole. We dug a hole, and we actually kind of half buried 
or half submerged the the warthog in that and made like a whole fort. We like we did that, and then and when we were extending the walls at my at my house, we had these huge piles of sand. And damn, I don't have that picture on me, but in that photograph, you can actually see my friend Jaden and I had actually like submerged a warthog in this like sand mound (laughs) and turned it into like a base, a fort. Really cool. Like you know, you dig like tunnels through the sand, and you put dudes there, like oh, yeah, more like (laughs) you know. So Paul, similarly to me, you had the warthog and you had the bug, which Mm. in your heart of hearts was nearest and dearest to you. Oh, um, real question. So for me, that's like a really difficult question to ask because the warthog was my everything, and then I saw the bug. (laughs) <laughs> and then I saw the bug, and then the bug was my everything. But I think mm. it, I think the warthog inches out over the bug, or beats the, wow. the bug just by by a few like inches. And the 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 main thing that that actually makes the warthog cooler than the bug, at least for me, um, it's less fragile. The bug has got like as a kid, I played with my bug to death. So you know the pod wasn't locked in there properly. Missiles were falling off. Tabs were breaking. Um, back part was like a little bit loose wasn't you know so the warthog just felt sturdier and more robust and mm-hmm. that kind of and also felt more combat based something about it just felt more aggressive more bang bang kind of vibe so i'd say the warthog um if i have to give it some serious thoughts it's definitely the warthog well could it be those glorious tusks i mean yeah. we haven't spoken about the deco of the warthog but for a kind of a od green drab vehicle it has that one amazing flourish. I mean, it's not part of Tiger Force. It's not supposed to be animal-themed. But they saw fit to add the tusks and the eyes. And that is one hell of a decal. I mean, like, you, you'd be very angry with yourself if you screwed that up. Fortunately, I don't know if I got my brother or my father to do it for me, but, like, mine to this day still rocks. Hell yeah. I love that they kind of made this as easy as possible for the for, for you because the eye and the teeth are on the same sticker so you literally mm. just straight line wrap it you don't have to try and guess where the eye is so you don't have like a warthog that's like you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or with two eyes like in the front or something you know because you gave it to that's your parents, your parents like, oh, i wish you put the eyes here and also this is something that you spoke of once before in reference to tiger force vehicles like if the angle of the eye is not tilted correctly it makes the the, the creature look sleepy hmm. yeah. so the, there's there's a fine balance between like aggressive too tilted looking ridiculous and then too yeah. flat which is sleepy mm. so yeah having it factory set well done good call there whoever designed the stickers yeah smart people yeah, that guy's a hero to our people or that per- that woman whoever designed this damn thing guys in researching this topic i came across a bit of an ambiguity and it also oh. stems from the, the 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 blueprints um examine if you will in front of the camera the back of your warthogs hmm. and you will find molding two little doors Two little doors. Yeah, yeah actually. And, and those are the fold away rear entry slash exit personnel doors. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Wow, rear entry, eh? I was only 12 years old for a second. <laughs> do you think, as adults, do you think that those are realistically where this thing is supposed to have its crew or its occupants' its troops? enter and exit from and that the side doors are really just to facilitate play yeah. or do you think this thing actually has gull wing doors in the real i i don't think gull wing doors on a military vehicle is practical at all no. like i just i just think from from a military perspective it's not even like oh would it be strong enough to take gunfire i think it's just like insurance problems waiting to happen so I, I think it's just easier <laughs> to have the doors at the back. I can just yeah, imagine... I like, need a complex yeah. system to raise them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, but there it was in issue like, 92, man. doors akimbo, like flung yeah, up. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> that you can have guys shooting like the the final scene in Karate Kid, bro. <laughs> this thing's like... Well, it's... It's like Mars. It is like Mars. Mass Crusaders. Wow. Thunderhog. You know, it can fly, it can go in the sea. Flying you know, pig! Fly <laughs> pig go home. Yeah, so, I have to admit, one of my favorite aspects of the Warthog is the fact that, yes, you've got this boat-like hull, which is one piece. Into that fits the internal section, and the internal section is all one piece as well. And that's mm -hmm. in this light tan color, which is a very attractive color to set off against the green. But I love the fact that all of the crew seats are unique. So the driver's section is unique and that's kind of enclosed. The gunner section yeah. is also unique. It's enclosed. It's got like a, um, a diamond pattern on the floor. Mm -hmm. um, yep. the, the driver is kind of in a semi-reclined position. The gunner is in a very 90 degree sitting position with his legs straight out in front of him. And then the intel gathering or instrument panel monitoring side. guy sits yeah. off to the side and he is in a proper upright seated position with his feet below his knees um, and he has access at least visual access to the guys in the back and yeah. i loved the fact that i mean having watched aliens as a child you knew how apcs operated that you've got the troop section you've got the kind of the commanding officer able to monitor the screens and also instruct his troops as they're making their approach and that just also set my mind alight in terms of the internal play of this thing this is a toy that you didn't have to take out of doors or or into an environment you could be playing with it just on your lap mm. letting your imagination have this thing rolling across terrain or yeah. crossing an so amphibious environment you can do just inside the, the, this one vehicle just and it, peering it into the little the hatches thing, yeah. it has the thing that i think you you wished the the bug had you know that had this huge internal space inside it, it it's it's a yeah. it's a connected internal space i mean even even if the guys at the front aren't necessarily facing you know you can still they can still kind of you know peek over the top of the chair or you can see the top of their head so it, it is an internal space that can be played in you know like it there is action that can occur in there you know it's the millennium yeah. falcon effect a yeah, toy yeah, that yeah. figures can be placed inside and then sealed up and they're in there and they're having yeah. conversations doing adventures their doing their things going about their ship duties at least with the warthog you have multiple points where you can peer in um while the thing is effectively in play mm. oh guys terrific any drawbacks any drawbacks that you can think of? Well, I've got one. Oh, I'm going to let Rob go first. Go for it. Go I, for well, it. I think it's it's a cool feature. It's cool that it has these things, but I really do wish that they were easier to remove, and I'm referring to the missiles. I think sometimes it would be cool just to not have them on, you know, if there was it, it was much easier. And I'm not just saying the missiles themselves. I mean, the entire, like, you know, section stem. that kind of controls yeah. them, stem. Mm. I think it would be really cool. Um, I think, I don't know... I feel like it's something we've discussed before um, at some point um, about the Warthog, but I feel like we, we might have mentioned that we wish that you can actually replace the stem part with something else. Um, yep. You know, it comes to like gun emplacement thing or just another something hatch. Another hatch even, you know, something that is useful um, beyond just having the missiles on the thing. Because I think it's it's gorgeous, but I think sometimes it does affect the, the, the cool profile of the vehicle. You know, so that's something I would like is if you if I could take this entire part off, just like whoop, take it off and be like, you're so cool. And hello. <laughs> so a feature that I don't think is specifically pointed out on any of the material is the fact that this thing is designed to have a winch in front. Uh, Thank not you. a practical that's winch, but a molded one. Yeah. Yeah. Nice detail. It otherwise adds life to a, a. Oh. Okay, Paul. Mm. I wish so? this was an actual feature. I wish that we uh, actually had like a cool wish. Yeah, but then it would know? affect the ability of the Warthog to float properly in water. Uh, maybe. Unless they maybe designed it, it in a certain there. way. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, Rob, you're 100% correct there. I think that's exactly what is the way it is. I just think it would have been a fun feature. I know, for sure. Some like Cobra troops 
swung them around. You're out of control, man. Something I mean, that we haven't spoken about. Hang them off the front. The uh, thing has an ancient cover. Yes, yes. Yes, it does. And it's cool because it's not it's one that you are you're not going to not realize is there. You know? Oh, like, and I it's think beautiful. We, we we had that thing with the with the havoc where um, you know, people are surprised that it has an engine under that kind of like you know, triangle. And how cool up. is this engine as well? Like this thing is like this is detailed. This is not just like a few bumps and a cylinder. It's it's mm. pretty detailed. No, it's very cool, and and I really like that it's a grill. You know, you can still see it when it's closed. You know, and you realize, yeah. oh, this is a play feature. I can remove this. Um, I must say, I always regarded that as a weakness in play whoa. because, like, firstly, having your engine having your engine up front on an armored vehicle is problematic because that's going to be taking more damage. Mm -hmm. um, so it it does degrade this thing's uh survivability or i don't know uh, how much damage it can take but mm -hmm. also the fact that it is a grill i'm like that's gonna get a lot of water splashed up there <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's a toy conceit that isn't necessarily um rooted in reality but yes you're yeah. right paul it's nice that, and rob as well be nice nice to assert that you can see it it's all yeah. very kind yeah. of visible it's and it's making a point cool. of itself bringing attention to itself i however did as a child Paint my engine with gunmetal gray because a tan engine, <laughs> that's where the wheels fall off a little bit in terms of the yeah. interior uh, molding. No and sense. I also painted my headlights because they're also in that tan molded color. Yes. I painted mine silver. Well, oh, I okay. think that's, that's definitely an improvement, dude. It makes it look I'm never, I'm never going to open this up ever. But if I ever yeah. did to paint anything with the lights... I would go in in the space around the lights and just give them like a slightly different green color or gray color. Uh, yeah, so kind of like eyes pop up on a round way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'll never do that because it's too precious. It's too cool. Although that said, um, there is quite a bit of detail that's hidden now because of the shell being closed. Mm. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, I so remember one, the hair raising yeah. exercise of prying it apart. <laughs> because I didn't apply the stickers before putting it together. I mean, what kid would? I had yeah. to pry it apart so that I could get the sticker into the displays. On the, oh, shit, the... I just like I I got in there, bro. I like <sighs> got my fingers in there. I did that shit. It's um, amazing. It, it was well a trap. It I'm was a alive. trap that this vehicle held. It was a nasty surprise for for us all when it when you realized on the sticker sheet that there were internal stickers that you missed so glad i got this at, you know later in life and all the stickers or as far as i can tell are all applied they're all there my goodness Ooh, it's my boom the sticker sheet actually has like cutouts it's amazing like to put in the the ammo sticker um the caution sticker and the two screens yeah so cool, and, and the stickers do help help it come to life. I think it does add, you know, a little oh, bit big detail, time. you know, every now and then. Um, big time, yeah. Applying the stick, I mean, having the stickers on this is it makes it way more gorgeous. I think. But Paul, what feel... is your what is your issue with? Sorry, what is your? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> My issue. Well, I mentioned yeah, the winch. The winch. Okay. okay. So I would have liked to have had a winch. That would have been a, a really really great feature to have had for this toy. And, um, again, this is a very peripheral concern. This is not a problem with the actual toy itself. Um, I have to say that as far as G.I. Joe toy design goes and as far as toy design goes, I think the Warthog is, for lack of better words, perfect. Um, there's all these concerns Reach. that we've mentioned before, but they somehow just don't take away from the vehicle. Um, I just feel it's such a shame that this was not used more. So we got the original mean green version here, and we got the the rhino or the night rhino, the black mm -hmm. version, but mm -hmm. they never sought to re-release this mold ever again for anything else. And I feel like that is such a slap in the face and such a, a like a waste so of a good product. For sure. Yeah. Um, maybe because it is so complex. I mean, you know, they did obviously. I mean, I don't there think was there corners, was the tan, you know, the tan and brown version. The Slaughter's oh, cool. Marauders version or the Ren Renegades version? Ah, I did not know that existed. Yeah, it's I kind of got a brown 
camo pattern. Should be blue. Okay. But that's... I think it was a convention <laughs> exclusive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, there is a desert version of the Warthog, if you're so inclined to track it down. Mm. Does it well, have skipedos? <laughs> for, for desert, it surfs on the desert, yeah. That's kind of cool. And I suppose it's had it a long time to be a Tiger Force vehicle. And there they, were they three dedicated... Three dedicated what now, dude? Tell us about it. Yeah, it was an original vehicle for 1988, whereas Tiger Force yeah. was all repaints, all re recolors. It uh, missed it missed the boat. As it were. Of Cobra vehicles, don't forget as well. All the shockwave and some shit. So we could have actually. Uh, can you a Python Patrol version? Python Patrol version would have been cool. Um, they could have yeah. snaked up the face a lot with the stickers. Oh, hell yeah, you uh, could have done crazy A Tiger shit. Force version of this just feels, like, hella perfect. Like, this is like a hmm. Tiger Force command vehicle. I love that because yeah, of how the Tiger Force operates. The they all hit It would never have worked yeah. for the theme. I need Guys, I've got to ask, um, on your versions, just flip up the doors. There should be a oh. extinguisher sticker yes. on the interior. On the inside. Oh no! Uh, mine's on the wrong place. Yeah, mine too. Mine as are child on the back, actually. They're sitting <laughs> on the on the back of the vehicle. So that yeah. should be Mine's... the extinguisher should be on the <laughs> interior back wall, but the green part of the back wall, and oh, then there I should be there. there should be Red Cross like first aid stickers, um, yes. in the front. Yeah, I have on those. the tan those, walls. For me, those are placed yeah. on on the tan walls there. Okay, but <laughs> yeah, the, my, I, I think my, my one. I think my extinguisher Ew. stickers are stuck to the tops of the gull doors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, idiot child. But yes, Paul, yours <laughs> comes from a friend of mine from Greece, and Rob's ah, yours yeah. comes from a friend of mine in South Africa. Whoa! Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, as I say, we three all have the European variant of the mm -hmm. Warthog. It's in a darker Best. green. It's in a slightly different plastic. The American mm. release is kind of waxier. This one is hardy, brittle mm. plastic. Perfect. Um, the way that a Joe vehicle should be. Like my yeah, life funny, funny you should say that after our Havoc discussion, Rob. Where oh, I, have the, I have the European version and you two both have the American. Hmm? Well, you know, it's whichever yeah, version have I have is the best version, so. I think we can I call it like a, a day thing. on our Warthog discussion. Our absolutely phenomenal vehicle that we all three agree is one of the greats. Yeah, uh, for me personally, like, it was my childhood favorite vehicle above the Warthog, uh, above the Bug, and above the yeah. Hammerhead. The Warthog was top of the pops, not because it was flashier, but it, because it was a good guy vehicle, it housed my protagonists. The mm -hmm, other vehicles mm -hmm. were enemy to destroy or to be challenged against. Um, this yeah. was absolutely the vehicle for my nine coolest guys to occupy. Maybe we should yeah. talk a little bit about the included figure. We've missed a good old Sergeant Slaughter Slaughter, version. Slaughter, Slaughter. How do you not talk about Slaughter? Three. Dude. I still love this version of Sergeant Slaughter. I still think he's like... Well, Although this is I kind the, of feel like this is, not... is the most military version of him. This is what I always thought he looked like, actually. I mean, I don't think I yeah. really had seen the other versions of him. Um, so I think this one with the, you know, the brown shirt and the, and the, uh, you know, the, the bullet belt and all that stuff. Um, I always thought this was the, the version that this is him. You know, this is Sergeant Slaughter. You know? I'm the dude. Oops. When he wasn't driving my Warthog, he was absolutely using either uh, Sub-Zero's machine gun or Sonic Fighter Law's big black yeah. machine gun, which is the remold of um, Roadblock version 2's GPMG. Um, so yeah, the bullet belt really made him, out, made him out to be a machine gunner. Heavy machine gunner. Salsa. Salsa. Yeah, salsa. Oh, you can really see the the difference in quality of our cameras. 
where you can actually see Paul's figure moving while while mine is it's like he's vibrating. Frame rates, bro. Yeah, I feel you. Um, I think I, I I in the vintage line there isn't a bad version of Sergeant Slaughter as a figure. No, no, absolutely not. You you really can't uh, go wrong in the, in the vintage. Marauders line. has missed paint apps. Whoa. Yeah, but still not a bad figure. Like, however, I. Sergeant Slaughter's figures are pretty basic, except yeah. for this one. This one has the removable yeah. hat. It yeah. has the body armor. It has the, the mm -hmm. side arm. It has the bullet belt. It has the knife. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. this is... This was my guy. Absolutely. The this real elevated Sergeant Slaughter into being in the field with the troops. He wasn't just breaking in recruits. For me, he was absolutely a frontline soldier for G.I. Joe in this version. Well, I mean, I didn't know about him like that. I was just like, oh, he's just this super badass. Um, I actually remember asking my dad, like, how good is Sergeant as a rank? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like, is it better or worse than Lieutenant? And my dad was like, no, it's below Lieutenant. And I was like, oh, but Sergeant sounds better. And he's like, no, <laughs> Lieutenant, <laughs> Sergeant, Lieutenant, Major, <laughs> or oh, Captain Major, depending on, but anyway. I just remember, like, no, but Sergeant's the best. In terms of slamming, in terms of bossing the troops around, the Sergeant is is the man. I mean, he's absolutely a very veteran enlisted man, which means that he has earned his way there in the eyes of you know the rank and file. Whereas the officers just kind of come in and lord over everyone. This guy's earned everyone's respect. So. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a dichotomy there, I guess. I'm I'm not a military man myself, but I always assume yeah. like well, the, the sarge is the guy you really respect. Well, like the well, sarge like is, is the, yeah. yeah, you know, the sarge is the guy who the lieutenant tells to do stuff, and then the sarge is the guy who's actually in charge of the team itself. You know, um, yeah. but he's on the ground with the guys um, more so than the lieutenant necessarily would be. At least that's how no, I've always kind of seen it play out in books I've read, um, movies I've watched. There's a nugget of information uh, on the file card which always spoke to me, and that's the fact that uh, the Warthog AFIV, AIFE, uh, it says that though all G.I. Joe personnel are capable of driving the vehicle, only the Sarge knows how to beat, it, beat on it to get the most out of it. Yay. So... It, it it came back to the pack the the, the, the the gameplay the play pattern that like I needed specific people to operate vehicles people who had a kind of an ability or an affinity for vehicle Sarge was a natural choice because he came with it but this file card gave me license to put anyone in that driver's seat I just seldom did it was like standard Sarge, play pattern. you can go in he's there. the man I mean, he's he the was man. never he was never a, like a premier figure for me he was never like my my guy so finding a natural place as the warthog driver just gave him a standard function and also kind of freed up the other points the more interesting points of the vehicle for figures that i'd rather have in there yeah, yeah. like mainframe also i think i mean a, a big thing as well is that i mean he we didn't necessarily know that he was a celebrity outside of you know being a, a, a character in gi joe exactly bro um, exactly, because what did we know about WWE in South Africa? And what we caught was so, like, late. Yeah, um, I mean, I really, I think it was very late in life. Well, not late in life, but, you know, like, you know, once we got access to the internet and Yo-Jo and stuff like that, that we really learned, like, oh, he's his actual personality, you know? Um, he's well, a real guy. Or was it the My movie? The touchstone for, yeah. for Sergeant Slaughter was G.I. Joe the movie. Like, he was mm, the yeah. only figure I had from that no, movie. Uh, I, had, movie. Um, I had Lifeline and Iceberg, but they had very small parts. Slaughter was the one. <laughs> they didn't count. She was the big man. The, um, in the credits, they're like, um, they got Sergeant Slaughter as himself. And then yes. David and I, and I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned this to you guys, but at the end of the credits, always like, um, this uh, doesn't represent anybody dead or living or whatever. We're like, except mm. for Sergeant Slaughter. He's real. He's a real guy. He's real. We don't know who he is, but he's real. 
I'm, I'm glad you sat through the credits. I, I don't think I did that very often. Well, I'm glad that I did. They, they, I, I up front. On the action it says Sergeant Slaughter as Sergeant Slaughter. Or Sergeant Slaughter as himself. As himself. But also, right. but I'm glad that I did. Because on the Action Force videotape, at the end of the mm -hmm. credits, they've got an episode uh, for Save the Missouri. Is it in there? Mm. It's like okay. a bonus Easter egg, whatever. Interesting. Anyway. Um, but Sink that's, the Missouri? Uh, save the Missouri? Sink the Montana. Sink the Montana. Montana. Sorry, save the Missouri. Sink the Montana. <laughs> um, and, sorry, bro. It's like, totally you know, the same at, least, at least it sorry, was Americans. States, right? Um, damn America and its confusing names. Damn you know, my this, this, this is why America is going down, because we can't even remember the names of all the states, you know, honestly. Dude, I think this Couple guy... Of Africans can't remember all the states. I think this G.I. Joe is responsible for my friend David becoming a huge WWE or WWF them, then WWE nut. So Dave, um, if you ever watch this, and I don't think you ever will, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think this is why he got into WWF because I, he he found out who Sergeant Slaughter was and then he actually looked up into like, he looked up, he looked into it. He had the internet. So yeah, I think he figured it out and then he started becoming more and more interested because we used to have WWE on the second Mnet channel. So Dave used to watch like WWE Raw and all that stuff when he could catch it there and he knew all the storylines and then he was buying the games. Um, but I think it all started with, with this man over here with uh, good old Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, hell yeah. coming down, eh? It's raining kids and dogs here. It's raining kids mm. and dogs. Hold on, hold that might explain like why we've had a bit of lag on this episode. Uh, oh. I would just like to say that with regards to the Warthog, well, what more can be said? It's it's a delightful vehicle, an absolute gem of the line, uh, coming in the, the period where a lot of people say they were getting out of Joe and pursuing other interests. But if they missed out on this, it's a very compelling one to circle back for because this absolutely looks in place with the... 1983 to 1986 green team, as it were. It has a classic G.I. Joe approach. It is fully protected. All your occupants are in their hatches. It's just so exciting from a play perspective. Oh, it's yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, the criticisms are minor, nitpickish even. Um, I, for one, wished that the ambiguity of its function was corrected by having molded propellers just anything anything to denote that there's propulsion down there that this thing is intended to be able to power itself through the water like it didn't have to be much just a bump or something a nozzle <laughs> it didn't have to break the lines it didn't have to be give a piece that you clip in Come on. give us something so i needed i needed that the front Give us a yeah, even something as token as that molding in the front to suggest that there is supposed to be a winch there. That would have just, as I say, cured my ambiguity when it comes it to this vehicle. The, the, the top. Well, yeah, I'm I'm always eternally grateful that I own one because it was definitely one of my favorite toys to play with as a child. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't think I ever saw it in shops. Um, so, yeah, I'm always always grateful that I, I do have one. have my own one. Oh, dude. And it made this episode possible. Three one three would not be here without us all owning one of these. So, thanks. Oh yeah, man. I don't even think. I wonder if GI Joe would even be uh, would even be here if we didn't have a warthog. I think the warthog was pinnacle to my love for GI Joe. Yeah, this is the We're whole. Quite crucial you know, to my GI Joe. Love GI Joe. I think well, you might you be onto something there, Paul. A lifelong it. fandom for GI Joe started. With the Warthog AIFV. And Dion's. Anyway. <laughs> Beautiful. Dion's. Uh, As always, guys, we salute our Patreon members. If you'd like to join the Patreon group, you'd have early access to this podcast. Woohoo! Yeah, you're watching. Plus, you're hearing this from other people because you're a, pa a Patreon. Thank you, Patreon. <laughs> because you're cool. And uh, there are other perks as Tell well, like discounts on merchandise. And yeah. uh, access to our Discord, various other yeah. avenues that we have for the patrons. If you are members of the YouTube uh, membership program, you get my weekly vlog, for better or for worse. This week we did a rundown of like my favorite figures from the 1986 series and which Ooh, ones cool. 
rise to the top or which ones are kind of mid uh it, rob, it was an interesting think, exercise rob i think you and i should do that and then we can put that on the patreon and and add to uh steve's sure. youtube thing as well yeah with the, yeah sure. why should i be having all the fun Don't yeah man, that's it. totally i'm totally down to Time i want to have, have some fun have some fun have that mental exercise have fun and get better Next soon week, by the way Next week, Thanks, I think bro. we are going to delve into some more cartoon episodes. It's been a while since we reviewed some episodes from the cartoon. Maybe we'll finally talk about Renegades, the introduction of Tomex and Zaymont. Mm. And then with G.I. Joe, a real American hero from Sunbow. I think we said that we were going to do um, the one with the ghosts, the Phantom Brigade. Phantom yes. Brigade, yes. That sounds right to me. Because Don't we're waiting. The we're waiting. Of darkness. We're waiting for the twenty fifth. You do not understand. Sorry. Yeah, good. You love that stuff. Um, we're waiting for the twenty fifth to talk about Cobra Commander issue number two, and hopefully oh. GI Joe issue number three zero four. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe Duke no, three. Duke. There. Duke three. We'll see I what comic books are available by March, March. Eh? Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, yeah. until next time. But Cobra Commander. Play with your toys. Commander. Yeah, play with your warthogs, you hogs. Oh, yeah, dudes. Enjoy your warthogs. Have fun. Burr. No joke. Don't do that.